0: Welcome to The Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An Internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show. I am so stoked, so excited. Uh, One of my most favorite shows in the world is Shark Tank. I watch it religiously. And one of my favorite uh, uh, experts on the show is Barbara Corcoran. And I happen to have her today on the show. Uh, you happen about- to have
1: me? I had no choice. You, you said I had to talk with you.
0: I did, I did. I threatened a lot of people to get to you. I really did.
1: You're a Uh, persistent guy.
0: (laughs) You have no idea. Uh, (laughs) I
1: do have an idea.
0: (laughs) Shark Tales is your latest book, and I love, of course, the the title, uh, but I absolutely, as I told you before, I fell in love with your mom because this is a book of mother's wisdom.
1: Oh, yes, without a doubt. She was a smarty-pants.
0: And, uh, uh, God rest her soul, we lost her, what you said, last winter, so uh, she's she's an angel now that we're all going to love upon, and uh, she's immortalized, literally, through you and in you and through millions of people reading this book.
1: (laughs) Everyone loves my mom. You know, she raised 10 children, almost effortlessly, in a two-bedroom flat, and she was super organized, a wonderful motivator and rarely had a bad day she i just got lucky i pulled the right mommy card when i was born somehow
0: well you are uh famous for many reasons one of which is that um you you did something in real estate that's just basically unbelievable and that is so six billion dollars worth of real estate uh in and, and sales that's crazy
1: in How a year, you? my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a year. <laughs> and what that got me, it got me a very excited buyer uh, who bought my business 12 years ago, and I sold wow. it to him for $66 million cash, which is really wow. what it was worth. Yeah. So I was very happy. We had a couple of good years at the end. Before that, I was desperate to even meet my rent bill. Let me tell you, it just it took so long for it to kick in. But once it did, it really, really kicked in.
0: Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the persistence, because a lot of people look at Shark Tank and they want their, they have a business or have a business idea, they want to have this overnight success. They want it right now, and really nobody that's ever even I think been on the show, uh, including all of you guys, uh, have been in the game at least you know 20, 30, 40 years.
1: Oh yeah, and you know, uh, people think it's easier to build a business than it actually is, and most people credit too much the idea of oh, this is a great idea, have people going to want to have it, blah blah. That's the easy part. It's like. Coming up with an idea, you have a cold uh, glass of beer, and chances are you might even come up with the second idea. The hard part is staying with it until you hit that finish line, and that is never a straight line. You're bobbing, you're weaving, you're going backwards before you go forward, then you go backwards again. You are hitting a wall. It's like running a maze with all the scars to prove it at the end of the tunnel. You know, so uh, it's always. I think people always discredit how much effort, work, energy, and smarts go into building business.
0: hmm Absolutely. Uh, you started with uh, borrowing a thousand bucks, basically
1: from my boyfriend.
0: Uh, from your yeah, boyfriend he was
1: sexy. I mean if I was gonna borrow a thousand from somebody, I at least picked a good looking guy, right? <laughs> at
0: least. At least. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I don't But
1: you
0: know, it didn't really work necessarily and uh, you know, it was uh, but, you know, here, here, here you are with your own uh... Firm. walk me through a little bit of that process of uh... starting out with a thousand dollars and i think was it your i don't know if it was your first or second year you did a quarter of a million dollars in sales
1: Um, No. Actually, when I started the first business with my business partner-slash-boyfriend, who gave me the $1,000, we hardly had any sales the first year, and it took us uh, many years to get any traction. It was after the seventh year that he ran away and married my secretary, who was much younger than me, and I was only 29. He was 39, and she was prettier than me and nicer than me, so I can't really blame him in hindsight, but that ended that partnership. It was the second business I started on my own, uh, not really believing I could succeed because I had credited him with the success somehow in my head because he had mm-hmm. found me as a waitress, gave me the money, so of course I thought everything good happened after he found me, but it was that business that, uh, that did much Better right from the get go, and I think a lot of the thing, a lot of what uh, fired me up in that business to even work harder and better, was one I had seven years experience on my belt, but also he told me I would never succeed without him. And let me wow. tell you, he gave me an insurance policy for life because every time I, I was thinking I was going down, going bankrupt, owed too much money, was too high leverage, all the things that go on if you're building a business, I would just think of those words, and I would think of one more idea. <laughs> Darn it! That was always the one that worked, you know, and kept me in business a few more months, uh, uh, so that I had the shot at of at, uh, at growing the business.
0: Who did you become in that process? I mean, because literally, you became—you you started out as a waitress, and so you had to really, you know, there's a saying: you have to grow yourself to know yourself. Uh, what 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 growing so emotional uh, growing pains that you go through? Who did you discover that you were, and how? What was that process like for you?
1: You know, I don't think I was any different as a waitress or any of the other 22 jobs I did before I went into the brokerage business, the real estate brokerage business. I don't think I was any different. I always had the same skill set. People liked me. I was friendly. I talked to people. I usually got a better tip than the next girl on the counter because (laughs) I took the time to be interested in the customer, and I really was. It wasn't like a routine. You know, I find people eternally interesting, but I think once I had to be on my own when I was the scorned lover for the younger babe so to speak Mm -hmm. i think i grew up i think i really grew up then as a as a woman and as a business person because i felt so alone and i felt this all depends on me and then that's i think the first time i got that hell-bent attitude of you know i have the right to be here i have the right to be successful i don't need anybody else i'm going to claim my share of the out there and be who I want to be and blah 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 all the good rah-rah self-talk started kicking in to replace Mm -hmm. a lot of my doubts you know that we all have our little old old routine we do in our minds we don't share them with everybody else but it's like oh my god oh my god I should know Mm -hmm. that I should never try it. blah 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 all this negative stuff that's when I started training myself to knock that crap out (laughs) And to start replacing it with a better, a better reel, so to speak, a more successful kind of self-talk, and that's helped me a heck of a lot. But I don't think that would have been ever happened, honestly, if I hadn't uh, fallen so squarely on my head and felt so put down by the departure of my boyfriend
0: Mm, that's a a beautiful thing that uh, you recognize that that uh, um,
1: only in hindsight at the time I hated the guy sure
0: sure, of course of course
1: and hated her too by the way I bundled them up
0: (laughs) (laughs) well you know uh, when we're talking about uh, your coming up, and we're talking about a coming-of-age uh, story. One of the ones that I enjoyed in the book was your the coat that you bought with your first check.
1: Oh, my God. That?
0: Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> loved it, loved it. That was hilarious to me. Uh, you know, I if you had asked
1: me, me a year older, a, a year ago, I could have actually mailed you the coat. because was a Are woman at a speech I was giving actually stopped me in mid sentence when I told that story and said, "I have your coat. I have your coat." Are I'm not a very. I I, I I thought it was a joke. I basically smiled and kept talking. But afterwards, 20 minutes after she in Hartford, Connecticut, she came back into the giant uh, auditorium and she had my original coat. And how did I know it was that coat? Because the only reason I thought. Stopped wearing after four or five years, as I I had red ink bleed inside my pocket and it ruined the whole right hip. And the red ink was there; it was the actual oh coat. Oh my god! <laughs> but what? that coat was important. You know why? Because I had no business spending my very first commission check when I only had a thousand dollars to make the run on this whole business. And I got three hundred and forty dollars, and I ran and. Bent it or blew it. Most people would say on a brand new coat, and it was fancy. I bought the fanciest coat I could find. And you want to know why most people would say that's a terrible idea? Because it was irresponsible. You know what I say? It was a fabulous idea, because when I put on that coat, I became, in my little movie head, the big shot, fancy real estate broker that I believed mm-hmm. I would become. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't have done it in my old, raggy, old coat from my old hometown. So I do believe in uh, looking the part and sometimes spending money that makes no sense if it's going to do a great thing to your headset and thats I got my money's worth out of that coat for almost six years, walking up down the streets of Manhattan. So Maybe. there, the best investment I ever made and the first one I ever made in myself.
0: Did you find the lady's coat? Did you find her coat?
1: No, she gave me the coat, and let me tell she gave you something. You the coat. She gave me the coat. I had it dry clean because it did not smell good, and it still smelled. But you have to realize this is a 35-year-old coat with some kind of animal hair on it, and I still don't know what it was. <laughs> and I only threw it away about a year ago, so so fat it took up too much of my coat closet. I go, what am I keeping this for? I already regrets. I should have at least taken a few photos of myself sitting in it right yeah, before I got rid of absolutely. it.
0: Absolutely. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah, if it <laughs> They should have, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: women listening to this uh, interview uh, there are, uh, millions of them—who uh, are not did not come from maybe a cohesive family like yourself—and uh, yeah. but are in small towns
1: mm. and
0: are trying to figure out how to get out of there. What mm. advice would you give them to grow themselves up? relate to move out of that whole family dynamic and do something in the family that you know has never been done in their generation
1: do you know um, what I think and I probably have no business giving advice on that because I had an entirely different situation I had a very poor family but I had a phenomenal mother who was a motivator and taught me great things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a dad who was working two jobs all the time, but he played with Mm -hmm. us, and that's a wonderful gift, right? So Mm -hmm. think about uh, what a head start you have in life. You not only have one person who loves you, but two. So who am I to say to someone who hasn't had that, hey, this is what you should do, you know? But I do, I can at least uh, say that, Every a sad person I've ever met in life, regardless of their background, are never the people who tried something and failed. They're always the people who didn't try and then they feel like they missed that opportunity and they always were left wondering i wonder what if should have could have you know? mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a regret feeling and so i think always in any situation if something seems risky and extreme like leaving your hometown to look for a uh, different life for yourself or you could always go back even though people say you can never go home you can't mentally but you could physically go back you know i think you just have to remember that if you don't do it it sits in your craw and it runs. Mm. And so that's the best reason for doing things is just to not feel like you cowered it out, you know. Well and again, said. anyone who makes a mistake on trying this or, or extending themselves or jumping off a cliff, they, they, I've never heard anyone say, "Oh God, I should never, never." They always say, "Well, I did it, you know, and it's okay." But it's the people who didn't do it that are the sad people. So mm-hmm. that's all I could. Uh, that's all I could say on that one.
0: Well said, Shark Tank. How did it come about?
1: very lucky draw I was doing did it help me did you say I'm sorry
0: no, did, it, did, did they approach you? Did Mark approach oh, you? Oh,
1: yes, yes, yes. That's an interesting story because I simply got a call asking if I'd have an interest in this new show. And I heard what it was about. I said, it's perfect for me. A uh, few few conversations later, they sent me a contract. I did not read the contract. I signed it. I thought, I'm not, I'm not touching this contract. I want it so bad. Let me just sign and be the first one to mail it back. And, of course, what happened uh, right after that, I thought I was going to California in two like almost two and a half weeks from there, and I'm picturing the Hollywood sign. I went out and got a autograph signing outfit and fancy scarves. I was like being a big shot Hollywood girl. <laughs> and then, of course, a week before I was going, I got the call that they had changed their mind. They had decided on another woman. I knew the woman woman had had bigger boobs, as usual, younger, prettier, (laughs) the usual thing. You know, I had been there before. I'm like, here we go again. And, of course, I was tremendously shocked and crestfallen because I was already living. I was already living that role in my head. I saw myself there. And so I probably wrote the best email of my life, which is in the book. You probably read it to Mark Burnett, where I spammed out an email right to the point telling him that he should invite both women out to compete for the spot and how his rejection was a lucky charm and why All the good things in my life happened on the heels of rejection, which were true. And I cited from Sister Stella Marie, the first nun that told me I was stupid, to Donald Trump saying I'd never see the $4 million commission. He was forced to pay me, blah, blah, blah. And I just cited all the lions I had slayed along the way. And he (laughs) let me out to compete for the spot, the producer. And, of course, I won the spot. So the lesson there was the same lesson I learned through my whole life. Usually the good stuff happens always after you fall down. The really good stuff is you could just get the will to stand back up and speak up for yourself and go back at it again. And I wouldn't have been on that show without that email. It really made this whole second career for me.
0: I could not imagine that show without you being on it.
1: Well, you'll have to, because we also have another woman on the show now. We have guest sharks, and all the seats are rotating. So yeah, I know. See I, I see
0: <laughs> that. I see that. I see that. But what I love about your energy is, like, you're kind of like, a, you're not only this hardcore shark. You're kind of like a mother figure, too, because you're, you're, you're very nurturing uh, yes, to the businesses so. and the people that, that uh, you say yes to. Uh, mm-hmm. You are changing lives. How does that make you feel? Because oh, I know Like a million, million sense,
1: bucks. Yeah, yeah. How, how would it make you feel? Everyone wants to make a difference. You have to find your spots where, you, where you're able to do that. And that's the most satisfying. In fact, I think the whole Shark Tank show is satisfying because it's building people's dreams. It's the whole essence of the show. So I think it's a really do-gooder show. I mean, it's not, a, not a charity show by any means, but no, it certainly no. is changing a lot of people's lives. All of the sharks are doing that day in and day out.
0: Absolutely. You know the other thing that I wanted to, add, to talk to you about quickly, and that is, you are amazing in social media. I mean, you are on it.
1: How do well, you? Well, thank do you. That? Let me let me shout that to Patrick, who does it. You are amazing in social media, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> how do you do it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am well, on your you- Facebook and your Twitter, and I'm like, how does she do all of these updates? And, you know, guess where I'm at today? If you do, you win a- <laughs> so, Oh, my gosh. It's amazing.
1: If you like uh, to guess where I'm at? Have you ever guessed I where I'm at? I always put a hint I in the picture. I'm try, I love
0: that. I never it get it right, good. but, you know.
1: <laughs> you know, it's surprising. Either 50 people get it right or nobody gets it right. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing in between. <laughs>
0: uh, Barbara, thank you so much for be, taking time out of your busy schedule, being with me today. Uh, love you. Love Shark Tales. Great book. Can't wait to have you back on the show.
1: My pleasure. And thank you for giving me so much good attention and good questions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Always, my love. I'll talk to you soon. Okay.
1: Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.